the one-on-one post-game report. Hi, everyone. This is Matt Rosenberg welcoming you to our one-on-one post-game report. We'll talk to associate head coach David Duke, look back on today's game, and open the phones to talk to you in a couple of moments. As David Duke making his way over in just a moment. He's picking up a scorecard, so we can talk to us about this one. Again, the final score, 73-64. Harvard wins it, and Alex, uh, you know, the Rams did show some toughness in this game. They showed a lot of hustle, and I thought they were able to keep themselves in it for the most part until that final 30 seconds or so. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. The Rams just came up short. They trailed by nine. They lose by nine points. As David Duke now joins us, Coach, you lose by nine points, 73-64, to 64, but your team was really in this game. Uh, talk about, especially the young guys, getting it in down low, guys like Ryan, Ruth, and Leonard. Uh, the guys, young guys are doing a great job working. Um, Ryan and Travion are getting better every day, and Canty, another good performance for us with 8-8. Eight and, eight. and when you, you look at the final score, you only lose by nine points against a good Harvard team. They're very good here at home. Seems like you guys did a nice job moving the ball in the first half. What was the difference in the second half? You know what? We played hard in the second half as well. If you look at the statistics, they really got beat up on the foul line. They took 39, and we took 25. So that really hurt us in the second half. All right. Fordham Associate Head Coach David Duke joining us. Thanks a lot, Coach. Again, the final score is Harvard 73 and Fordham 64, as I am joined once again by Mac Rosenberg. Mac, you said it. It's a, it's a tough game for Fordham to lose. But I think of the games that they've lost this year, I think it's been one of their best performances in the losing effort. Absolutely, Alex. They kept themselves in this game. I mean, early on in the second half, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was going to be very hard for them to get back to a chance to to tire or to take the lead because the problem was they were fouling way too much, I thought, early on in the second half. And and I thought that eventually led to the demise of this team down the stretch. But they didn't give it up. That's the thing. They never gave up. They kept themselves within two possessions for most of the second half. And, uh, you know, another another learning curve for this uh, young, young team. Uh, And, and, you know, they proved again today. They, you know, Chris Gaston is missed on this team. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Again, Harvard defeats Fordham by 9 points, 73 to 64. Let's get to our players of the game. Mac, you can go first. Uh, for Fordham, I will go with uh, with the usual suspect that's Brandon Frazier because, you know, I, I said it during the game. I still, and I still think it, I, I didn't think Fordham had an open shot in the second half. I didn't, I didn't think they were able to really get the offense going. Uh, you know, they were chugging up shots, and there were times when they went in, and most of the time they didn't. But Frazier did a good job at times of realizing that and taking over and just driving to the hoop and drawing contact and getting layups, and that was why I'm going to give him my player of the game. He was only 6 of 20 from the field, but, I mean, he, he was able to, to, to be the, the mental leader, I think, of this team. And, and for the Harvard Crimson, I'll go with Wesley Saunders. Wesley Saunders was 2 of 9 from the field, actually. He made two field goals in this game, and, and that's unbelievable. He had 13 makes from the free throw line, which is also unbelievable. I'll still give him my player of the game. He was able to ice things down the stretch for the Harvard Crimson. All right. When I look at Harvard, the guy who I think of is Jonah Travis, the guy who came off the bench. And how about a double-double for Travis? 16 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, He was really all over the place. When Harvard was down early in that first half, he was the one that really took over. So he's my player of the game for Harvard. And for Fordham, I'm going with Ryan Rooms. I was very, very impressed with what I saw from him. I know he was injured early in the season. He's done a nice job coming back 5-7 from the field today, 11 total points and 7 rebounds. So Ryan Rooms is my player of the game. And now we're going to send it back to the Rose Hill Studios with Jake Kring Schreifels to continue our post-game show. You're listening to WFUV. The one-on-one scoreboard. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Mac. All right. You uh, heard a little precursor, I guess. We're going to start off with an, a one-on-one scoreboard with Chris Venezia. Chris? The one-on-one scoreboard. There we go. Number two, Duke. Up 42-19 over Delaware in college hoops. It's halftime in that one. Number five, Louisville. Up 65-63 over Illinois State with 324 left to go in the second half. In the first half, 10:09 left to go. Uh, Oklahoma State, number 15, up 14-9 over Virginia Tech. It's halftime, and number 21, Minnesota, is up 37-27 over the University of Northern Florida. At halftime, University of New Mexico, number 25, up 33-19 over Indiana State. Two finals for you, Michigan State, number 13, won 84-39 over Nichols. Also final, the upset, Baylor wins 64-55 over number 8, Kentucky. In the NBA, the Nets are traveling to Miami tonight to face the Heat. Both squads come into this match having won five in a row. LeBron James is averaging 25 points per game this season. Brooklyn will be without Brooke Lopez, who has a mild right foot sprain. Tip-off is at 7.30. In NCAA football, number 11 Oklahoma is up 24-17 to over TCU with seven minutes left to go. Number 15, Oregon State, is up 14-0 over Nichols with 55 seconds left to go in the first quarter. And it's the fourth quarter, 12-54 left to go in the ballgame. And Oklahoma State, number 23, down 34-20 to to Baylor. For WFUV Sports, I'm Chris Venezia. All right, welcome in to this extended postgame report. Jake Kring, Schreifels, and as you just mentioned, Chris Venezia, with you until the 4 o'clock hour and we'll talk some of the hot topics around sports. Uh, later, I got the opportunity to speak with Broadway and TV actor Dan Loria. He played Vince Lombardi on stage, and now he's in the musical A Christmas Story. He was a great interview, and we're going to talk about some New York sports with him and also uh, later on. Uh, but first, Fordham basketball, uh, because we also have Alex Smith and Mac Rosenberg still with us on the other line. They just called that game from Harvard in snowy Cambridge, Massachusetts. But we'd love to do that with your help. Uh, please give us a call and give us your thoughts, your questions for Alex and Mac. The phone is always 718-365-9070, 718-365-9070. I'm sure some of you listening went to that first home game against Manhattan on Thursday. Now, we don't get to do this too often, but we'd love to hear from you. We have some time to fill. Fordham Falls to Harvard 73-64. So in the meantime, uh, Chris and I will pepper some questions to Alex and Mac here. And, uh, you know, guys, you said it yourselves. Fordham, in your opinion, though they lost, this this was a game they played really strong throughout the whole whole game. And the only th- the only thing is they've they've had a lot of trouble shooting from the outside. 36.5% from the field against Manhattan. They struggled again today from three. It seemed early on Tom Bacor's game plan was to make sure Fordham got it inside and down low. Do you think that was the case in the first half at least? Uh, yeah, Jake, I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing you. I hope you can hear me. Um, but, yeah, early on the Rams, they had to get the ball down low. That was the game plan the whole time. They didn't do a good job of that against Manhattan. So when you look at this game, they were aggressive early. They were attacking the paint. Guys like Brandon Frazier, uh, you know, even Mandel Thomas, who was into the starting lineup, he did a nice job of attacking the paint. They got the ball inside. They only took four three-pointers in the first half. So I think you have to give them some credit. They did a nice job of getting it inside. And then Alex, Matt, Chris here. Um, one of the things I want to touch on, no Chris Gaston. Can you talk about just 
how much of an impact he has on the floor and how much is he really being missed out there? Yeah, well, you, you, I've, I've said it a couple of times this season, Chris, you can't replace Chris Gaston with one player. It's almost impossible. He's too good. He's too talented. Uh, one guy cannot step in alone and guard or pick up Chris Gaston. It's impossible. So you need to have a collection of guys step in, and they kind of did that today when you think about it. Ryan Canty, Ryan Rooms did a nice job of filling in. Again, it's not exactly what Gaston brings you. And again, Ryan Rooms, he was my player of the game. So I really like what those guys did, but it's, it's impossible to replace the Chris Gaston. All right, let's open the phone lines. We've got Bill from New Jersey. Bill, what do you, uh, what do you think about Fordham basketball right now? I'm very, very, very upset. You know, the alum have come and supported this team for so many, many years. We thought Papacaro was the answer. He's obviously a very good coach. But how did he expose himself so much by relying so much on Chris Gaston? He gets hurt. They were losing before when he was on the team. And when he got hurt, now they're still losing. It doesn't seem like we're competitive. How come LaSalle can get the players to be competitive? Temple can, St. Louis can, and Fordham can. There's got to be a reason for that. And we're not answering the reason. I don't know if it's just the coach. I don't know if it's the sports program. I don't know what it is. Mac, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, uh, what I was trying to say there was that, you know, this team is very young. And, you know, Tom Pecora, he's not making any excuses, but, you know, I personally think you have to give this team time. I mean, sure, they didn't win those first two uh, without Gaston, but one of them was against Pittsburgh on the road, and it's never easy to face, uh, you know, Big East opponent on the road, Chris Gaston in or Chris Gaston out. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to remember, Gaston probably got, he was, was getting uh, hurt in those two games. So, you know, he wasn't at his full health. It wasn't his full strength. Um, you know, the Texas State game was a game that I thought that they definitely should have won. You know, they gave up, they turned the ball over way too many times. Gaston wasn't himself, again, because he was not at full health in those two games, as we learned later. So I think you have to be patient with this team. They, they stayed in the game today, which I, I thought was very important. They were fouling quite a bit to start the second half, but they never relented. They, they were able to get some things going on offense, some sort of consistency. So, you know, you just have to be patient. You have to be patient. Very, very, very young basketball team. Well, Bill, thanks for the call, as always. Uh, 718-365-9070, that is the number. And if I could mention a bright spot, it, is, it has been the play of Ryan Candy. He, again, has eight points and eight rebounds. Another solid game, uh, certainly on Thursday against Manhattan. Probably the game of his life, I would say. You know, he had 18 points, five rebounds, four blocks, and, uh, again, throwing it down on those putbacks. Guys, what have you seen from Ryan Canty this year that's made him so much different than last? Well, I, I think the thing is, Jake, he's just being very aggressive right now. That's the thing with him. And I think about how good he would be if someone like Chris Gaston was playing for Fordham right now. Because what Gaston can do is he can draw players away from the basket. He draws those big players away. So when you think about a guy like Canty, he can get more room to operate down low when there's somebody else down there with him. So without Gaston, uh, he has stepped up. Give him credit for that. You mentioned that 18-point game, five rebounds. He had four blocks in that game. Um, so he's proven that he's, he's progressing. He's moving along. 
Um, but I would really like to see how he plays now that he, he's asserting himself more when Gaston comes back. Because if those two can play together um, in a similar way that we saw Kervin Bristol play last year. Kervin Bristol, of course, 6'8", he probably has an NBA body. I believe he's playing overseas in Turkey right now. So he's a pro player. Uh, he, when he was in there, Gaston was at his most successful. So when you think about it now with Ryan Canty, if Canty can become that guy who's always crashing the board, who's always there for the putback slams. We saw a couple of those today. We saw a couple against Manhattan. If he can continue to do that when Chris Gaston comes back, the Rams could be in for some pretty good things. Well, that would be a very strong dynamic, especially you talk about Chris Gaston driving the lane, getting defenders over. Brendan from the Bronx, he has an opinion. Brendan, what do you think? Hey, hey guys. Um, well, you know, I, I have two main points, right? I, I think... It's unrealistic to think Fordham's going to have a decent team for a few years. I think the rebuilding project is uh, going to take more than uh, more than like the beginning of the uh, third year to see um, see a, a competitive team or a good team, I should say. But I am troubled with a few things that appear that the coaching staff is not making adjustments. Um, there's an insistence, it appears, on a smaller lineup, but as evidence against Manhattan. Their Manhattan's guards were better than Fordham's guards, and yet we, and, and our most productive positions on the floor, you know, really the whole year has been the center position, and it's uh, and centers and forwards have been minimized, and there's been no adjustment to that. If you look at Candy, no one could guard him against Manhattan, uh, and you know he was dominating, but he was never getting the ball, and uh, you know uh, uh, um, Jeff Schwartz went two for sixteen. I, you know, I mean, you don't have. I know these coaches know a hell of a lot more about basketball than I do, but why the heck don't you make an adjustment about what's working? When Fordham was up by 11 points today, it was because they were beating them on the inside. In the second half, it's another small lineup, and we lose. You know, there's no talent. There's not enough talent with the guards to to be competitive. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah, Brandon, you make you make a really good point. If I could just chime in, uh, you, you're 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 very you're spot on, really, about the fact that Brian Candy, even though he's getting all those points, he wasn't getting the ball. He was getting a lot, a lot of his points were coming off of putbacks where the shots were missed. So uh, they just had. Uh, I think they played a lot better today. Like you said, they had the 11 point lead because they were able to get that ball finally inside. And I talked about it at halftime. The guards on this team have the contribution in terms of getting the ball inside, not just passing it inside, but driving inside. And we need to see a lot more of that. We saw a lot more of that with Frazier today towards the end of the game that kept this team in the game. So, yeah, it's a very good point. One more point to make. Ryan Canty, he, he, hasn't, he, he hasn't played. But really, when you think about it, Kirby Bristol was the guy last year. Canty didn't get a whole lot of playing time. He only had one start last year. He's only a second career start today. So I think you give him a, maybe you know another start against Lee on Tuesday, and you give him the opportunity to really gel and to get time going, and once Cassie gets back, uh, Cantu will have had time to, to be comfortable down low with guys like Leonard and Rooks. And, Dick, one more thing about the guards, if I could put my, my two cents in on this one. Uh, you have to remember they're very young. They're very inexperienced. They're all either sophomores or freshmen, except for Brandon Frazier. And I think the thing with Frazier right now is that he's pressing a little bit too hard. Today he goes 6 for 20. He leads the team, you know, especially in that second half when they're trying to come back. But he knows Chris Gaston isn't there. He knows he's the second option. And I think he's putting a little bit too much on himself right now. And then the other guys, as I said, they're young. Mandel Thomas, Jermaine Myers, they're freshmen. It's going to take them a while. They've never played, you know, 8-10 college basketball before. So give them a little bit of time. Um, 
guys like Stewart and Smith, those are two guys who I do think need to step up and think about it. They're in their second year. They've been here before. Uh, if they can start knocking down those outside shots, which we saw them do at times last year. When Stewart was healthy, he was very good. Um, and then the same thing with Smith. He can be that pull-up shooter. Just hasn't happened yet this year. But, again, I know, I know Fordham fans don't want to hear this. They're sick of hearing it. But with these younger guys, you, you have to be talent. You have to be patient, I should say, at least for right now. One more question I have is why is Khalid Robinson starting? He, you know, this is his first year on scholarship. He's essentially a walk-on, and you know, there's there's a lot of guards on the team. He got 18 minutes today. You're exactly right. You, you couldn't be more right. I mean, it's something that me and Alex have talked about, especially when it's Khalid Robinson. Does you know? I know he's a walk-on. He has you know, he he, he has a lot of leadership skills on this team. If he was a, maybe three or four inches taller, I, I would that that would justify starting him because you need. In this case, two forwards out there. Tom DeCore starting four guards in the last two games. I don't, I don't understand if you need that inside presence. Now, granted, Robinson has started these last uh, few games since Gaston has been out, but he hasn't been in very long to start. Usually, before likes to take him out, often early foul. But I completely agree with you. I think I, I have no problem starting Travion Leonard and Ryan Canty on the floor. Yeah, you have to manage your minutes with Leonard, but I have no problem starting him. I, I completely agree with you. Great. Well, thanks, guys. You guys do a great job. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Brandon. Great points. And, guys, I mean, a lot of frustration with this team, obviously. A lot of losses early on in the season. And it doesn't seem like it gets any easier. A lot of games continuing to be on the road. And then looking ahead, after Lehigh, you got St. John's. You got Princeton. You got Connecticut. And, I mean, what are some of the changes Pecora has to make coming into these games? And what can you really expect when you're going up against a St. John's and a Connecticut? Well, yeah, Chris, you said it. It's not going to be easy from here on out. And then uh, you, you didn't even get into it. You haven't even talked about the 8-10 schedule yet because that's when Fordham's going to have their toughest games against their 8-10 opponents. And, you know, Coach McCoy said it before the season started. The schedule for this team, the non-conference schedule, is brutal. It really is. They're on the road, it seems like, for almost every game. I almost forget what the road gym looks sometimes because we never get to play there. But And, and these road games are in places like Mississippi uh, and Texas to start the season. It, Pittsburgh, they're all over the place. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of wear and tear on a young team. And it's not going to get easier. As far as what adjustments does, does can Coach Bacoran make, I'm not sure at this point. I'm really not. He's doing, in my opinion, and and this may not be the you know this may not be what other Fordham fans think, but I think that he's doing the best with what he has right now. And you know some of that falls on you know what players they recruit, what players they can get to come in. But they're trying to rebuild a program. They're trying to you know become a name in the A10 again. And, and it, it, they just don't have the talent, I don't think, right now. Maybe eventually once these guys keep playing together, maybe eventually that'll pick up. But I, I don't I don't fault Tom Pacora. I, I think he, he really is. He's committed. He's dedicated. And he wants this program to win. I, we talk to him all the time. I know that he does. He's just he's working the best with what he can right now. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, Seven. I agree. I agree with Matt you, Alex, there. And if I may just say one thing, I think that, you know, okay, one home game in the first 11 uh, games of the season, you have a bunch of new guys who now have only gotten one game at the Rosal Gym under their belts. I think in a couple of years, maybe even next year, these guys are going to look back on this stretch of games and think, this is when we got tougher as a team. This is when we realized, listen, it's no joke to play in the A-10 and have a tough non-conference schedule. And, and these, you know, guys will have their careers molded, I believe, in this 11-game stretch start the season with only one home game. 718-365-9070. Keep bringing in your thoughts, your questions, your comments. 
Now, I want to keep on that point, though, because, Mac, you talk about adversity and how it builds some builds a team, builds players, especially freshmen. I would argue, though, I don't know if I don't know if it was if it was the wrong decision to schedule so many away games this year. You have a lot of young guys at home. You have homeostasis in a way. You 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 have a an arena that you're comfortable playing with, and it gets guys back into playing against you know tough tough teams again in, in, in that college environment. But you're still at home, and you have a little more comfortability. Do you think it was a mistake that there are so many road games to start off this young season? why there's, there's always road games, especially against hard teams, is because you think about last year, what, what happens with scheduling is when you make, when you negotiate a contract to schedule games with teams, the top core is calling up, you know, athletic directors at Georgia Tech and UConn and Harvard and schools like that at Lehigh to start the year. What they're doing is they're negotiating two-year contracts. So one year, it's a home and home is what it is. So Fordham got, got some good stuff last year with the Georgia Tech game at home, with the Harvard game at home, with the Lehigh game at home. And now what you have to do with the next year, you gotta, you got to go there. I mean, that's the thing. If you want people to come into the Rose Hill Gym and play, uh, in front of a 3,000, you know, going to scrap uh, arena, what you're going to have to do is you're going to say, all right, we'll come to your place uh, if you come to ours. And that's the way it is there. Uh, you negotiate that two-year contract, and you, you play with the, with the goal to home and home. Rich from New Jersey, you're on the line. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. Touched on it quickly with the Cleed Robinson issue. The issue really isn't him starting, which I don't like to begin with. But he played 18 minutes today. And if you look at his line, he had two offensive rebounds, two points. Both of the offensive rebounds basically almost hit him in the head. You can't have somebody playing that many minutes. When you have Short didn't play that many minutes, you could have given him to Mandel Thomas. It doesn't make any sense how he was able to stay out there. We had an 11-point lead. Coach took Al Frazier, put in Robinson in the first half. They went on a 19-2 run. And that is when this game was lost. You can't give away an 11-point lead. You just can't do that, especially with your best player on the bench. It's simply unacceptable. The second half, we make the run when we were down 10 when Robinson comes out of the game. This loss, I'm not, I don't know if we would have won the game, but I'm sure we would have had a much better chance if he managed those minutes better. You can't play somebody 18 minutes who obviously can't contribute, especially on offense. Guys, you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we broke up just for a second there. But, yeah, you're, you're talking about Khalid Robinson. Uh, my take on him is I think Coach Sakura, he has he feels a bit of a loyalty to him, and he may be loyal to a fault. I, I'm not, it's not fair of me to say that at this point. But he's rewarding him. He's a senior on the team, trying to get him into a leadership role, trying to, you know, you know, spark these young guys. Maybe he doesn't want to play them as starters just yet. And listen, I, I, I know the deal with Khalid Robinson. He's, he's a walk-on, um, but to coach the court, he hustles every day in practice. And I know, I, I admit, it doesn't always transfer over to the games. But he, he hustles you in can't, practice. You can't show loyalty for 18 empty minutes in a game that you're right in, you have a chance to win. We have to stop this. we got to put the best players on the floor, the ones that give us the best chance to win. It's not about loyalty. It's not about practice. It's about winning basketball games. And the Corey did not do that today. 
Yeah, I agree you. with you there. Like, like, like our last caller said, Rich, at the back of Wood Robinson, you know, I, I, and, and Alex knows the deal, and I know the deal with him, but you're right. You've got to have the guys on the floor who have the best chance to give you a good chance to win. And, and right now, I just don't think Wood Robinson is that type of player, you know. And he just doesn't have that, that, that spark about him. And guys like Jeff Short and the guys like Brian Right now with Gaston out. Yeah, and Mac, just to, to to hit on that too, it's not it's not really a, it's it's not fair for us to say we're not we're not in charge of this team at, at all. Um, but if it was me, and again, uh, it's not me, I would probably start a guy like Ryan Roos because I think that he's proving as the season goes on that he can be aggressive. His line today, I think he had 11 points and seven rebounds. I'm not looking at the stats right now, but he was very good. He continues to get better, and he's coming off of an injury. I would like to see what he can do. But, again, we, we, we don't set the starting lines for this team. Coach McCoy has been along college basketball longer than us. So, you know, what he says goes. That's, it's just the way it is. Some fans will be unhappy, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. All right, Rich. Uh, well, thank you for the call, guys. I know you have to get back on your bus. Uh, safe travels home. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the analysis. And uh, as always, the phone lines are still open for another little bit while here. Uh, 718-365-9070. Chris and I will try to facilitate as best we can. And again, this is again this was a good this was a good effort today by by the Fordham Rams. Losing seventy three sixty four to Harvard in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's a tough arena, tough environment. But again, as a lot of these callers have talked about, there is a sense that. We are too young, and there's not there's no real cure for that. But it's really playing a factor right now without Chris Gaston, and it, it could hurt them, especially down the road against some of these A10 teams as it gets tougher and tougher. Yeah, and I think what makes these last two games so frustrating. I'm talking about the Manhattan game at home, that first home game, and then this Harvard game, is that they both were winnable games. I mean, the Manhattan game, it seemed like it was a game that the Rams really could win, really could pull out. You thought maybe at home it would pull, and they fell just short to Manhattan. Then at Harvard, when they were up 21-10 to 10 over Harvard, and then Fordham just let it slip away. And in that second half, one of the things I noticed that I thought broke up any offensive tempo that Fordham really could, could have gotten going was just the foul trouble. I mean, early in that second half, Harvard got into the one-and-one, and and one of the issues with all uh, uh, fouls that weren't shooting fouls were going to the line, breaking up the momentum of the game. Everything was having to stall for these free throws, and it just didn't feel like there was any tempo with that Fordham offense, and that's one of the things that that I was really frustrated in that second half with. 718-365-9070, that's the phone number. Got about five, five, six more minutes left if you want to chime in, give us your thoughts, and questions uh, about this Fordham basketball team and Chris we were talking about foul trouble and that is really the problem that I've seen only with my eyeballs from the Manhattan game both you and I were there and that's what really we have to base it off but also today I mean you look at foul trouble they had four to start off the first five minutes of this second half and again they were in the double bonus by about 10 minutes into the half yes and you cannot win a game and you can't keep that tempo like you're talking about if you keep doing that, and I guess part of the problem is the youth again, and you have guys like Ryan Rooms and Travion Leonard and Ryan Candy who really are, are doing their best as, they, as best a job as they can. I mean, let's face it. They weren't expecting to be put into this situation at the season's start. 
I mean, you figured they'd get some time in. Chris Gaston was going to be that big guy down low, as big as he could be. I mean, the biggest offseason loss was obviously Curvin Bristol, but you, you really couldn't replace a guy like him and his scoring ability and rebounding ability. But, again, they had to rely on Canty, and he proved to be a very good force against Manhattan. But, again, Ryan Rooms and Travion Leonard aren't going going to look into the season and say, oh, well, I know I'm starting this game, and I know we got to be – 100% perfect the whole way because that's really what they've been forced to be is perfect in this uh, early start of the season. And and that's tough on any freshman. I mean, I, I just don't see how... And and the fouls and fouls are necessarily a product byproduct of that. You cannot put a freshman in a situation. He's got to, he's got to learn how to plant his feet, where he's guarding, learning the zone, learning man to man. It's a, it's a long process that that takes time. And Tom Bacora knows that, but again, it's tough to sell that to the fans. It is. It really is tough. And you try to spin it a positive way. You try to think getting these young guys into these positions in tough, gritty situations will help them to grow, will help them to develop. And maybe next year, a year down the line, we'll start to see some real progress out of this Fordham basketball team because it is frustrating. And it's a word we've said a lot. It's a word the, the fans have called in have said a lot. It's hard when you're watching a team that's just, you know, can't pick up W's. And you see at the end of the year, the past few seasons, at the bottom of the A-10 conference. And it's a great conference, but it's just it's just frustrating going back to that word and one of the things i also noticed somebody that's stepping up and i don't know if this person really expected to have to step up as much as he has that's brendan frazier shot the ball 20 times in this game mac mentioned how he took on a lot of tough shots i mean it's got to be hard on frazier he's in this situation where he has to take all these shots and and critical that there's not a lot of time on the shot clock he's the guy that's getting the ball and trying to make something out of nothing and that's for me when I think it hurts not having gas. And Frazier has, doesn't really have anybody to lean on right now because besides him, the rest of the guards around him are very young. Yeah, I think Frazier is going to have to take on this leadership role even more now. And it was interesting. When he was a freshman, he had Brenton Butler as, as that guy to kind of motivate him, lead him as a player, as a, as a, as a guard, a shooting guard. And now he's going to really have a lot of time to work with these younger guys like Mandel Thomas, like Jermaine Myers. And... Noticing from the Manhattan game when when we when I got to see I I really liked a lot of their ball movement I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of what they were doing on the floor in terms of spacing and working against the zone that looked pretty good but again what came up short was their shooting and it was just dreadful especially against Manhattan Jeff Short is a another caller mentioned two of sixteen and it just looked like they they couldn't get into a zone and I'm not sure if it was just the nerves from that first home game. Obviously, it's tough to be in a. In the, it's more of a raucous environment in that Rose Hill gym. The first game, a lot of people are there. A lot of people have expectations. All right, let's see the team for the first time, and so certainly the nerves are in effect there. But again, when you have a, and especially we, you talked about this, you really like uh, a player named Brian Smith, sophomore, had a great season last year, and again struggles today, fouled out for the second straight game in a row. And just trying to do a little bit too much, it almost seems like. And that's really been uh, something that's hurt him as well. The three-point shot just not going down. They're not even really attempting three-point shots. I mean, you remember Alberto Estwick last year and the year before, really their main three-point guy. And that was really what you could rely on. And this year, it doesn't seem like they have that kind of guy in their arsenal to put out there. Tom Pacor looking at his bench and saying, all right, you stand in the corner, you know, guy, guy like Steve Novak on the Knicks. He doesn't really have somebody he can really rely on to shoot that, shoot and make, you know? That's true. And 
I mean, going back on top of the fact that we don't have those outside offensive weapons like you had last year, like you mentioned with an Estwick, you mentioned Brian Smith. And that's somebody that at times I've seen him and been so impressed with what he can do on the ball, the skills he has, the potential that he really has. And then we see games when he's fouling out like this, just not being disciplined, not being smart. Look, the freshman year is over. He's a sophomore now, and he's got to start being a little more disciplined. And you can't be making these mistakes. You can't be fouling out, putting your team in a difficult position. And I just for him, I really want to see him kind of break out of that shell, break out of this inconsistency, and see if he can really start stepping it up. And for this Fordham team, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in the question to Mac and Alex, just all these road games coming up. And you look at it and you kind of gulp. I mean, you gulp when you see that you're playing St. John's. And that's a game that's at MSG, which is exciting, but a St. John's team that's going to be tough nonetheless. Then you got Princeton. You got Connecticut. These games are all on TV, but these games are also in difficult environments. And I'm just wondering to get your take. I mean, what are you expecting out of these, Jake? Because for me, I'm looking at these games, and I just want to see tough efforts. I want to see a team that fights game in and game out because personally, I really think it's going to be hard to pick up wins against these opponents. It is. It's going to be tough. But let's put that on hold just a sec. We've got one more okay. caller here. Tom from South Carolina. He has an interesting question for us. Tom, go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys, and uh, a good job on the game today. But uh, I just kept don't understand why Luke is not playing. He uh, played the first couple of games. He shot the threes. You were just talking about nobody hitting threes. Uh, he was the guy that hit some threes in the first couple of games. He's six foot eight. He's going to get some rebounds. He certainly should be getting all 18 minutes that Robinson got today. He should have got all nine minutes that Robinson got the other night. Uh, you talked about these inexperienced guards. Why are you giving Khalid Robinson time when uh, you can give these guys experience? Mandel is playing well. Uh, Fatty comes back from uh, uh, from an operation, and he got, what, seven or eight minutes today? Uh, hit a three. It, it just makes no sense what what this man is doing. When when he recruited Luca, we heard what a great shooter he was and how great he was going to be. It looks like he's trying to run him off like he runs off all the other players. Thomas, funny you mentioned that because as I was talking about that lack of three point shooting, I was going to mention Luka Zakovich and because I do remember that Texas State game and he did come in off the bench and have a couple clutch threes and mm-hmm. he was effective and. We talked with Alex Smith, the, our play-by-play for today, and he says Luca's not injured, and he just doesn't know why Tom Pecora hasn't been putting him in. And mm-hmm. so it's really it's baffling to me, baffling to us as well. I, I just I, I, I agree with you. I think he should definitely be starting over at least Khalid Robinson. I think he's a, a, a potent threat shooting-wise because you look at this team and they're not shooting. So why not try something new? Mm-hmm. Try, why not put in Luca? Try try to put him in the corner and just give him an open look. I mean, Jeffrey Shore has got as many open looks as he can. He can't hit anything right now. Lu- two for 16 the other night. Exactly. So you, you have Luca available off the bench, and I'm just as puzzled as you. I think I think he's got to get more time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I know, uh, in, in fact, one of your earlier callers, uh, who's a former shipmate of mine, and I'll be on a cruise with him again in February, he and I were thrilled uh, when he signed Luca, and uh, just it, it just it just makes no sense. He's he's trying to run him off again. He's given uh, a scholarship. Hopefully, it's not a three-year scholarship to Jared Fay, but it looks like it is. Uh, the, the three the three recruits he's got coming in seem to be good ball players. Uh, I saw a video of the game with uh, with Jake Fay, uh, and I saw it uh, I guess yesterday, and and and. 
he looks like he knows what he's doing out there. He he played better than any of our guards played against Manhattan the other night. Yeah, Tom. Well, we appreciate the call, and, and you know, hopefully uh, we'll see something change against Lehigh, and then maybe at Madison Square Garden against St. John's, we'll see what happens. But uh, thanks for the call, as always. All right, once again, the final score of today's game. We did have a college basketball game today. It was Harvard 73, Fordham 64. The executive producer of Fordham Basketball is Bob Ahrens. Producer of tonight's game has been Olivia Monaco. Field engineer producer, Eric Mallow. And our studio engineer, Joe Fidiello. A special thanks to Fordham Sports Information Director Joe DeBerry and his staff for all of their assistance. Our next basketball broadcast is Tuesday, December 4th, when the Rams travel to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for a game with the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Game time is 7 p.m. And we'll be on with the one-on-one pregame report at 6.55 on both 90.7 and WFUVsports.org. Our next women's broadcast is tonight when the Rams are in Milwaukee to meet the Marquette Golden Eagles. Game time is 8 p.m. And we'll be on with a one-on-one pregame report at 7.55 only on WFUVsports.org. Next week, it's a regular session of one-on-one at 1 p.m. And Fordham St. John's basketball at Madison Square Garden at 6.55. Until those times, for Alex Smith and Mac Rosenberg, Chris Venezia with the updates, this is Jay Kring Schreifels. Please stay tuned for Mixed Bag with Don McGee, immediately following the latest WFUV national and local news headlines. Have a good evening, everyone. Fordham Rams basketball is a production of WFUV Sports.